financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Francis Rayum on WHMP. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor. I'm here with Dr. Francis Rayum of Hug Your Student Debt. I'm Denise Fozella, News Director for WHMP and the Northampton Radio Group. And this morning, we are going to be talking about couples and money and why couples fight about money and how can couples do better about handling their money. Or why they don't discuss it at all. Exactly. Good morning. Sometimes. Good morning, Denise. How are you this morning? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank it's, you. This is a subject that is uh, of interest to me because I've been coupled uh, with my husband for over 40 years. And of course, money is something that comes up in every coupled relationship. Whether we would like it to or not, mm-hmm. right? And and partners, even in business, right? Now we now we refer to people as our work wife sometimes in business, right? Yeah. And certainly any sort of partnership that involves money, and I'm hard pressed to find some that don't, have these this dynamic that we all bring to the table. Recognizing what that is is the most important part about uh, being able to address it and solve it. So I have this theory about couples. You've probably heard me say this. Um, I believe that we we pair up, we come together because we have different personality types, different backgrounds, and somehow we we find one another and we make a better third party unit, right? A third mm, unit. Mm-hmm. And so that's why marriages and business relationships and things like that, often we say opposites attract or we say they're two peas in a pod, right? However it works, two of us find one another. And for many things that we talk about, um, they're very open and available and acceptable for people to talk about. You go on a first date, you might well talk about whether somebody likes children or what religion they might be or where they work. But what don't you talk about? You don't ask somebody on the first date usually. Now, there might be some (laughs) exceptions, we realize. uh, How much money do you make? Or have you ever filed a bankruptcy? Or um, Are you in a lot of debt? Yeah, are you in a lot of (laughs) debt? Or are you a good saver? What do you expect to spend to send your kids to college? Mm. We don't talk about those things until we're quite paired up usually. And then it turns out that because it's a very difficult topic, it's very um, treacherous territory, Mm -hmm. right? Because it is, we either, couples report to me that they either fight about it until they don't discuss it or they just don't discuss it, right? And some couples will say, oh, no, we never fight about money. So what's happening there? Well, the couples that never fight about money usually either have plenty to go around and they don't feel the pain that that other couples feel when there isn't enough for uh, repairing the car at an emergency expense or sending the kids to summer camp. And the ones that have enough money very often, and not unlike other couples, will divide their finances. Um, They get this sort of silent division of labor, right? In almost all partnerships, one person ends up being what we call the steward of household finances or the steward of business finances. Mm -hmm. They're the person who has a sort of tactile feel on the numbers. They get the bills out of the mailbox. They make things happen. They juggle the numbers and they inform the other person often, not always, but often, this is how well we're doing or this is how poorly we're doing. However, the person in that secondary position is usually someone who uh, doesn't feel good about looking at the numbers, doesn't necessarily like math, often is more artistically minded, right? I know there are people out there right now saying, does she have a crystal ball? Because I hear that all the time, right? Do you see inside my home? (laughs) Inside most of our homes. And that's one of the most important things to remember is that this is really normal. 
If you're in a partnership and you are the one managing all the money or you are the one who hands over the paycheck and says, honey, you're doing a great job, see you at retirement, you probably are pretty normal. (laughs) I I, want to start with, is that a bad thing that one person has more of a hands-on approach to the money than the other partner? Is it a bad thing? Well, it's. I think it's a realistic thing. In most partnerships, one person will end up managing most of the money. The question is, how is it affecting the relationship? Um, does that mean that one person has so much stress put on them and their job becomes, I manage the money, I fix everything, I make sure this all happens, and if it doesn't go well, I'm the one to blame. And I'm the one who gets to say or or has the responsibility of saying, yes, we can do this or no, we shouldn't do yeah. that. And it's almost becomes like a parental role. Yeah, you're in, the money monger. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the other person um, is sort of going through this relationship on faith. I work really hard. My whole job is if I if we don't have enough money, if my partner says we don't have enough money, my job is make more money. Mm. not necessarily figure out how we're spending less or where we're spending it. And so each person is, in my experience, feeling the stress of managing money, but they're feeling it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is we don't discuss that. We find this silent division of labor, and we go through the motions. And one person is just trying to muddle through making the making the numbers work, and the other person is hoping it's okay, and that all works fine as long as there's enough money and there are no stressors. But add to the mix that somebody now is out of work or needs to retire or a child needs to go to college or the washing machine just broke, you name it, and now there's a problem. Now the steward goes to the other person and says, we need to talk about this, and the worst part is it's money, which Mm -hmm. we're not experienced at discussing Mm -hmm. together, and we're not doing it well so far. And the whole message here is if I can't do my job as a steward and afford to repair the washing machine, I am somehow to blame for this. Right. And the other person is saying, what are you doing with my paychecks? I give you the paychecks. I mean, I trust that you're doing okay. How come we don't have enough money? Well, this is why my husband and I eventually, after years of of really not knowing how to manage our money, because it's just it was in ignorance, really, because nobody teaches couples how to do this. Yes. Unless you actually go take a class. Uh, And that's why we finally got some help. And where would that class be, Denise? I, <laughs> yeah, where is you know, that class? I don't know. I have to ask this because, you know, I studied finance. That's what I did, mm-hmm. right? I worked for John Hancock and became a registered investment advisor and independent broker 33 years now, right? And what, 12 years ago, I had to figure out how to fix this problem? I mean, that should not have happened, right? But I took economics courses. I took marketing courses. But nobody really said, this is how you do it practically, what they say is, here's how to make a budget. Yeah. Here's how to um, pay off your debt using a snowballing technique. Yeah, that's great, except making it work practically is another story. A whole other story. Yeah, and the, the reason we're here talking about couples and partners is because no matter how much you want to make that work practically in your household, no matter how many budgets you make, no matter how many times you trim expenses, if your partner is not on the same page as you, forget it. It is only going to work for a short period of time. Getting the partners on the same page is what is so difficult and what keeps us, I believe, what keeps us in debt in part. And it so doesn't have to be that way. It can be about, you know, positive coaching. It's it's a problem you need to solve. And it can be done uh, with a third party, objective mm-hmm. counselor, in a way that feels really good. And then people get really enthusiastic about it when they realize, I can pay off this debt. I can send my kids to college. I can buy another car. 
And it's not going to be the end of this. And we're not going to have to argue about this. And I can imagine much less stress when you're finally um, acting as as true partners with your finances. There's no doubt about it. Because when one person is wanting to take vacations and the other person is trying to make it work financially, guess what's going to happen? Debt is going to happen. There's no way around it. If there's not enough money and somebody is trying to be a good spouse, a good partner, and support the other person, and they're the one in charge of making these decisions... They put a document in front of the partner and say, sign here, and we're going on vacation, and off it goes. Mm-hmm. So well, this is about Either that. debt is going to happen, or the other partner might not want to have to say no. Yeah. And that's when debt happens. Right. Or if the person does say no, we can't afford this, and the, then the other partner might think, oh, well, you know, right. they're telling me that I can't do something I want to do, and then there's hard feelings. Yes. So yeah. That's a no-win situation that's, right there. That's the problem with money, Denise, is that, you know, we can't, talk about it like it's in a vacuum. There are emotions attached to this. It is a survival mechanism for us in America to have enough money, to spend our money well, to save our money well. And so even if you're not taking on debt, let's suppose you're a couple with really good paying jobs and and little debt. Are you still doing this as well as you could be? You know, perhaps not. All the things you're spending might be short-sighted. You might really want to send your kids to college in cash, using cash, or you might really want to uh, buy a second home or a third home. And are you really paying attention to those goals if you're just, if one person is managing one thing and another person is not paying attention to it? So how do we start that conversation? Should we start it on the first date? Wow. (laughs) Uh, That I can't give you. So dating advice I can't give you. But I would say that you wouldn't necessarily want to go on a first date and say, you know, how much money do you make? (laughs) But there are some telltale signs you could, uh, for instance, you might talk about your political preferences, and that might give you a hint about whether somebody is conservative or not conservative, right? And that might leak into other areas of their life. These days where a lot of people are divorced, you might end up talking about how you got through this divorce and what happened to you financially. And that might give you some clue as to how somebody manages their finances. Um, you might talk about your future. You know, what what is important to you? Well, I'd like to travel. Well, how would you do that, Right. How would we do that if if we were a couple and we were going to travel somewhere? How would we plan that? What would what do you think works? Mm-hmm. And you'll get a lot of information on that. You know whether they look for coupons or best cruises or how they've traveled in the past and and things of that nature. So I think I wish people would talk about this early on, but I think if you can at least be aware that it's something that could cause a problem for you in the future, and that pairing up with somebody who is willing to participate. Uh, in a number of ways, especially about finance, could be very useful. And then after you're already a couple, that's a different conversation now. Now it's real. Yeah. And you have to figure out this (laughs) partnership and how to handle those finances. And and it's not like you sit down and say, okay, you're going to be the one who has takes on the lion's share of this responsibility, and I'm just going to sit back. That's not what really happens in most cases, probably. Um, I don't think people necessarily delineate it that clearly. It, it, oftentimes people will say they swap. One time the husband will say, well, I'm paying bills all the time, and then I got tired of doing it, and now my partner pays the bills all the time and things of that nature. But we have to remember that people come from different backgrounds. They have different experiences, different fears, desires, ideas, lifestyles, expectations. That's the stuff we have to pay attention to inside the context of talking about money. 
Excellent. We're going to get more tips on how couples can talk more about money and be more successful with that. You're listening to Financial Fitness with The Money Doctor. It's made possible by Greenfield Community College, increasing access to higher education at a fraction of the cost, and by People's United Bank of Amherst, home of tea with Trish. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram of Hug Your Student Debt. And this morning we are talking about couples and money and how we can do better about communicating as a couple about our finances. So before the break, we were talking about how people have different, they come into a relationship with different thoughts and experiences and attitudes about money. So how do we overcome that? Well, I don't think we have to overcome it. I think that's a good thing, right? That's part of who we are. It's part of how we pair up. And it can happen within a, a marital couple. It can happen in a business. Any sort of relationship where you and another person or people have to manage money, uh, you can bet that you will probably disagree in some way yeah. at some level. Um, that's okay, right? Use that strength, right? Maybe one person is more of a saver and one person is more of a spender. I see that very, very often, right? Right. Um, so, so figure out how that's going to work for you. Rather than blaming the other person for yeah. not being like you. <laughs> yeah. The, the one thing that will not work is to point a finger, to blame, to uh, make somebody feel accountable and terrible and complain to them until they don't spend. It won't happen. What will happen, it seems, uh, is that that person will find a way to spend and not tell you. So we get calls every now and then from people who say, and we can kind of tell by the language, by the by the by their demeanor. Oh, they'd like to come in, but they don't want to bring their spouse. And what kind of privacy is allowed here? And how will they be treated uh, or judged, which, of course, we don't. Right. Um, but how will that feel to them? Because they are finally going to admit to another living soul that they have been keeping their spending or their um, finances a complete secret from their partner, either on purpose or just by osmosis, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're so busy managing. They're the one person who manages everything. And the partner, every time they try to talk to them, says they don't want to know. They're too busy. They don't like this, right? It don't want to face good. it. Right. Well, if think about this. I mean, let's suppose uh, even when we talk about like Pavlov and a dog, right? If you're going to give somebody um, negative response every time you, you want input from them, guess what they're going to do? They're not going to be very amenable to it, right? Yeah. So... The positive reinforcement is what we're looking for. So you asked, how do people do that? How do they have a conversation that doesn't feel awful, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing is just accept that it's not going to be very comfortable. When you first start talking about money with your partner, it's not going to be very comfortable. It's the first time you're going to do it. Um, I'm sure you can probably remember times when you discussed other things like uh, child rearing you know, issues or religion or... Um, whether you wanted to relocate to a new area. There are lots of things that you probably have thought, how am I going to bring this up with my partner? Mm -hmm. And once you did, you probably discovered um, they were not only aware of it and doing the same thing on the other side, thinking maybe we should be talking about this, but they were almost grateful in very many circumstances to have that conversation. And so if you bring it up in a positive way, um, for instance, okay, honey, I have been managing the household finances for a long time, and that's part of what I feel my value in, in our relationship is. Part of what your value has been has been to 
what it fill in the blank, right? This is part of your value. But we are a team in this and we really work together well in almost every other area. But when it comes to finance, you know, I'm feeling like I don't necessarily have all the answers and I really need your opinion about this stuff. I really value um, what you have to say about this. I really need to understand better how you think about money or what you think about where we're headed in the future. Gee, we're getting really closer to retirement, much closer to retirement. Um, let's start figuring out now what that might look like because I want to make sure that you aren't working many more years than you thought you would be, right? I want to make sure that the job I'm helping us do is the right job. And so when you come at it from that kind of an angle, um, you might be met with, well, I don't know. I mean, you do it. You fix it. I don't want to talk about it. And it might take several approaches. But eventually, you'll get somebody um, to the table a bit, even if you have to say, I don't have all the answers. I think we should at least go talk to a coach. Um, there's a free consultation, but I need you to come with me. I don't want to make this decision on my own. This is very important to me, right? So it's, you can get this. It's yeah. the same language you used when you said, honey, uh, we have a problem with John, and I need to discuss it with you, and I need your support on this. Mm -hmm. It's the same conversation, but it's got that nasty swear word in it of money, right? Yeah, but the way you just presented that was, it was such a positive and caring way of, of opening that door. Well, it's not, it's not a falsehood. This really is what you need to be saying, right? This really is how you're going to have this long-term conversation, this open gate about money, because you're not going to do this once and then solve it. People love to check that checkbox. Hey, I got a budget done. Check. The last time I'm ever going to do that. This is an ongoing problem. It's constantly changing. You're constantly changing your income, your spending habits, your saving, your goals. This needs to be something that you can discuss openly and you can feel good about and it won't start that way. And mm -hmm. just understanding that it won't start that way. But, okay, so somebody once told me when they were talking about a, a patient with cancer, they told the family to remember that this is the best that person is ever going to feel because they had terminal cancer. And that put it in a framework where the person could accept, okay, I need to appreciate this day because tomorrow my relative might not feel well. Discussing finance is the opposite. This is the worst you're going to feel about it, right? You're only going to feel this bad the first time you start to open the conversation. After that, when you get some third-party help or you begin to discuss this well with your partner, it's going to get better and better and better. It has to. Because once you face down that problem, once you stare that down, and you begin to make changes, even small changes, you get the positive reinforcement that we're talking about. Hey, we just paid off a debt. That feels great. You know, you're high-fiving each other. And my husband and I have done that recently. And uh, you're listening to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ryan of Hug Your Student Debt and power down debt. And that is something that once those little successes start to happen, you start to have more fun with it. And, and, and it begins to become something different. It's a different conversation. Did you just use the word fun and money in the same context? Yes. Same you know, I context? told my husband, I want to start having money dates. And he looked at me like I had three heads and said, what does that mean? I said, no, we're going we're gonna to have fun. We're going to have dinner or have a glass of wine. And we're going to talk about uh, you know, what we're saving for and yes. how much debt we've, we've uh, eliminated over the past few months. And, it, and to me, that becomes now an exciting thing. Yes. Rather than before, I was really that kind of person who didn't want to know, didn't want to face it, didn't think I, I could handle it, and it becomes a, just a whole different animal. Well, we have all these um, 
teachings about why money is bad. Money is the root of all evil. Money is a capitalist society. Money is money, 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 right? And that's why when we said we wanted to do this show, I didn't want to talk about money necessarily. I didn't want to come on and talk about where we should invest in the stock market. I wanted to come on and talk about what, how money affects us because it is a means to an end, right? And so it might be that we just want to be able to save enough money to uh, fund a charity that we love or save enough money to be able to, you know, whatever it happens to be, to be able to take a vacation once a mm-hmm. year. There was one woman who um, went on the air for us and, and gave a testimonial, and, and I always get calls about this because she was crying in the studio, and you can hear it on the radio, and she said, it might sound silly, but all I want out of life is to be able to have a nice home and go out to dinner once in a while. And that really was what she wanted. And it wasn't very hard to accomplish that once we knew that's what she wants. And then she and her partner got on the same page. And and that was another story. But, you know, just understand that you do have different experiences that bring bring you to the table. And that is why one person might be very good at managing money in the partnership and the other person might not. A couple of times during this program, you've mentioned that third party assistance. And uh, that is something that you do offer. Sure. And I just want to talk about what a couple can expect when they first contact you. Um, what does that third-party assistance process look like? Sure. Well, the first thing they can expect is to know that I'm not a psychologist. So I do a lot of counseling of couples uh, with money, and we're very experienced at that. Um, and so the f- very first thing is you won't be judged. And I mean that sincerely. People say that to me all the time. You know, we thought that you would tell us we were making bad decisions, and we we thought that you would tell us that we couldn't go out to eat, and we thought that you would tell us that we could never buy a car. <laughs> All those preconceived notions you have, throw them out the window. All you're going to do is come, talk to somebody who knows what to do, how to manipulate the dollars, how to pay off debt really quickly with the same payments, right? I know it sounds crazy, but that's what we do and have been doing for a dozen years. Um, and then it's about uh, a positive conversation between the partners, trying to get you on the same page in a subtle way. So we we have all your numbers that you've put into the system. We look at it. We give you an entire explanation about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And along the way, through stories and through asking questions and learning about what's important to the both partners, um, then we are able to say, to find some middle ground and to say, well, oh, if you want to retire in three years and you're really sweating bullets that that's not going to happen, let's see if we can make that work. And believe it or not, once we get that debt trimmed down, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so almost always, couples will come in, and singles too, they'll come in really stressed, really hanging on tightly, yeah. um, hiding it pretty well most of the time, you know, with that um, deer in the headlight look <laughs> or that poker face, right? Mm-hmm. And then as the story starts to unfold and they begin to realize, oh, this is how we can do it. And we can have a lifestyle, right? We have to have a realistic lifestyle, but we can buy another car. We can send our kids to college. We are able to go out to dinner, but we just have to know how much we can spend to do that. And here's the steps we take to find that. So first we look at debt, then we give them a budget system, uh, which is not about building a budget. It's about tracking expenses. And then we talk about what to do with the surplus that we're able to find, emergency cash reserves, retirement, those kinds. So all of those preconceived notions and those fears that prevent someone from picking up the phone or going on your website because they think they're going to be judged or they think they're never going to be able to spend any money ever again. That's just not the way this works. It couldn't. Yeah. It It wouldn't it wouldn't work if that was the case. 
All right. Well, thank you for all of this wonderful information. If you want more information from Dr. Francis Ram, you can go to hugyourstudentdebt.org or powerdowndebt.com. We want to thank our sponsors, Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, made possible by People's United Bank of Amherst, Home of Tea with Trish, and Greenfield Community College, increasing access to higher education at a fraction of the cost. And you can hear this program 8.30 a.m. on Saturday here on WHMP, and you can get the podcast at whmp.com. Francis, thanks for all of this great information this morning. My pleasure. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Denise.